Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Subtle Storm. I am your host, Sky Storm, and thank you for joining me for another episode where we talk about the human condition, life, everything, all the things, philosophy, spirituality, everything. Today, in particular, we are talking about love and what that can look like, and it's going to be more from a psychology standpoint, so just fair warning with that. But before we get started, I want to thank you guys for your patience for last week. Um, I know I usually upload an episode at least once a week, but this week, um, voice was not working with me at all, and I appreciate the patience, and it's always nice to sit in those moments where I am listening to my own body and saying, no, I am not in the space to do it this week, even though this is a commitment that I've made. It's okay to have those moments and to to relic in them and, and tell yourself that it's okay to not always be perfect. So... Again, I thank you for your patience. But yes, today we're going to be talking about receiving love and what that looks like, how we can heal it with ourselves, how we can notice it, how we can invite more conversations about it. I think so often we put so much emphasis on how we're giving and just how we are as a lover in general. We don't think about how we're actually receiving love from that other person and I think that it can be really challenging and it's also it's so important in the concept of love because it's hard to really have a full embrace fully embraced relationship dynamic or dynamics without understanding the way that you receive their love and how it might feel good or feel bad and things like that and yeah And this sparked up for me in my own experience recently within observing generational trauma and within forming new relationship dynamics and stepping into different platonic relationships and and healing other aspects of platonic relationships, witnessing how I was able to cultivate love and receive it in different moments and what that all meant for me and now here we are and I think that those moments are so so beautiful to navigate through. So let's define what love in this connotation is and I want you to take a moment maybe to even ask yourself directly what love means to you. So I'll give you I'll give you a second. And in this connotation, I want you to to associate in some ways love being like receiving help, um, getting appreciation, um, receiving appreciation or compliments or reassurance, receiving gifts, receiving other forms of love that is more easily understood and seen in some ways. Of course, there are deeper levels to intimacy and deeper levels to the energetic experience of love, but we're talking more about how we actually receive it in the physical realm and how our mind and our bodies react to it. And a lot of the times these, I think everybody in a way kind of struggles with receiving love. I think a majority of households, I think it's about maybe 70% or something, have non-secure attachment styles. Therefore, receiving some odd types of, of love in our in our youth and also having a different perception of what love can look like and why it's not safe. And I think a big part of this kind of healing in this direction is in also acknowledging that we're not actually trying to seek love 
we're trying to, to break down those barriers that we've built up against it in some ways. So I think that's a lot of the reasons why people date and why people kind of try and explore those things. How are you able to receive love? But it's so subconscious and we don't recognize it. But anyway, I think that a lot of this, these challenges in themselves come about when we have challenging youths and when a love was associated with things and when it was always conditional, it was never unconditional, it was never given freely and maybe and sometimes it was, but those moments of not acknowledging or those moments that where it was not are those key crucial moments in understanding this concept. And a lot of the times I think in parental relationships it happens when love is is only kind of offered to receive something in return. And not not necessarily just parental relationships, but where a big disconnect comes in is is when love is being offered. Um for example, like Maybe your parent would only ever give you a hug after you did the dishes for them. As a, as a very minimal example. And again, this doesn't always just happen in parental relationships. And this can also happen sexually, too, if you want to bring in sexual healing into this. You know, having a partner who believes that, you know, giving something to you or making you feel good is a way for them to, to feel good. And to get what they want. And also that type of dynamic is not inherently negative. And that's also something to recognize. Because I think in social interactions, we are in them for to get something out of it. You know, we do have those motives of like, you know, fulfilling each other's needs and attempting to fulfill each other's needs. But it's where we're communicative about it and where we're understanding of, yes, this is a, this is a motive or this is what it is, and but there's also love behind it. And we're going to probably clarify a little bit more on this as the episode goes on. But I think one of the biggest fear, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest things in healing this type of interaction within ourselves is, of course, recognizing our own self-love and our self-appreciation enough so that we can do this work for ourselves And also to have enough self-love and awareness to ask for those things that we need and to address and heal those things because we want ourselves to be in a good state of mind. We want ourselves to be able to receive the love that we do deserve and we acknowledge that we deserve. And of course, self-love in itself is a whole other topic and a whole other journey, but it does play such a crucial role into how we show up in partnerships and how we show up in platonic relationships, family dynamics, everything, how much self-love are we able to give ourselves before we can, you know, give love and how much love are we able to recognize in ourselves when we are receiving. Um, it goes a long way. It really does. But another thing that I think is quite, um, prominent when it comes to healing this type of quote-unquote wound is addressing the fears behind, receiving like what is there about receiving in the moment that you're encountering or that you're feeling that in that's making you feel scared do you feel like they're going to hold that giving whatever they're giving to you over your head do you feel like you're gonna have to reciprocate what they're doing do you feel like or do you have a fear of relying on that person or you're scared of trusting and then being abandoned Do you feel like you've become burdened and then will be abandoned? And 
there's lots of ways that that has developed in youth and all those things, again, are all so valid. I don't know if I said it before, but I say it every time. Everything in this experience and all of the above are all so valid and it's okay to be experiencing all of those things, even though they don't feel comfortable or safe or anything. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's up to you to have that conversation with yourself, really. But yeah, I think a lot of those things come about, a majority of them come about from childhood. You think about how our parents interacted with us, how they gave us love. Did you have a parent who, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you a personal example. I know that sometimes it's hard for me to receive gifts from people. And I have recognized within myself that there are core memories of when I would receive gifts from a parent and they would call me spoiled or kind of retract it, but also like force the gratitude upon me um, in that way. So it made me kind of fearful of people giving me gifts and, and feeling like I'm not worthy of the gift. And so it made me want to push away when people would give me gifts or when I would receive some type of extended love in a more physical form, that would be my automatic reaction. And, you know, it took, of course, always takes time to to recognize those things. But another way that that could come about, for example, is um, if, for example, your parent, let's say, drives you to a soccer game. And they don't typically drive you to soccer games, but this time they did. And now, the next time you find yourself in maybe an argument or... Um, maybe even asking to, for the ride again, they decide to hold that over your head and say, well, I did it for you once, you should be appreciative of that, or I did it for you this time, you should be grateful for that. And same thing with, like, if, you know, they're showing extensions of love, but then an argument or something comes along and they retract it and or, or hold it over your head to kind of manipulate you in a sense to... Um, feel more safe in some roundabout way, but it doesn't feel safe because they're not addressing your experience. But that is definitely a big example. I've heard that... Excuse the outdoors. I've heard that example from a couple different people of that that love being kind of, like, held over your head. And so that could be a pretty big fear to be having in relationships or friendships or what it, whatever, whatnot. Um, but... Within that, one of the biggest things I think that we can do for ourselves is allow ourselves to observe what is happening in different dynamics, when it's happening, why, and when it feels wrong, and how is that familiar. So if you are maybe in a situation where somebody asks if you would like a back massage, for example, maybe you've expressed that you know, your back's hurting and, and they just, they want to, they want to help you. They want to, you know, do something for you. And this can also play a role into sexual trauma as well. Um, and fair warning, this, <laughs> maybe I should have included that in the beginning, but trigger warning for anybody within that realm. Um, but let's say they, they, you know, they extend the offer of a back massage and you have a, you can allow yourself the observance of that feeling when potentially you have a fear in that sense of, well, if they give me a back massage, then I have to do that for them. 
or there is the fear of like, well, what are they actually, what do they actually want in this? Or, you know, whatever it is, what are they trying to gain? Those, those questions of motives and that fear, it, it, identify those emotions and, and allow yourself to remember what, why that, why is that familiar? Maybe in that moment you say, oh, I remember when my mom used to extend her, her physical touch towards me, but it was always because she wanted me to, to sit with her and talk about her problems afterwards. And it was the only way I could do that with her and, or something like that along those lines. Um, just allow yourself the awareness of how that feels familiar to you. And within that, if you have the opportunity to allow yourself to communicate that, you know, in those moments, you can ask for reassurance. And you can also ask what their actual motives are. I think that's a really healing aspect of this journey as well, is to expose what you're trying to get out of giving and also ask what somebody is trying to get out of their giving. Because, you know, there's also this thing of dual motives. So maybe in that situation, they wanted to just make you happy. They know you had a hard day and it doesn't feel good. They want to just see you smile. They want to see the relief off of you. But they also might want an excuse to get closer. They might also want an excuse to touch you. And by asking, hey, you know, I just, I'm feeling like this. And what are your motives behind this to make me feel a little bit more safe, safer? And they tell you and you just open up a whole branch of safety. But it also can be really hard to access those motives if you're the one giving. And it can also be hard to ask for those motives if you're the one receiving because there might be a lot of shame within that in general. So, you know, allow yourself patience within this and, and allow yourself to to move through it and experience whatever you need to experience within that. Another thing that can be so helpful within any type of communication really is to you know, even if you don't want to address or have that type of transparency of like the motives, you know, you can ask and or ask for reassurance within their motives and within the their extension of their love and what it might actually feel like for you. But also you can say, hey, this is what I feel like when these situations happen. And I would like you to know. And also give them backstory. You know, I feel like this because my my dad used to do this to me and it triggers me every time it happens or that's the experience that my mind is subconsciously basing in and telling a partner or whomever it is backstory or why that feeling feels familiar gives them more access to feel safer within doing those things for you or doing the opposite excuse me <laughs> or you know making a conscious effort towards that because we are human and we do forget things. So I think sometimes if just saying that, saying, hey, I, I, this doesn't make me feel good, um, can you do this? Instead of giving giving them a reason or something to remember and to base it off of and, and to dwell within that love, it might be a little bit more challenging to remember. So I think that's important key in communication is that backstory and that understanding of, hey, this is why this happens and I'm aware of it and I'm healing it, but I really would really like if you would help me and you would do this for me. Maybe we can try it out for like a week or, you know, something along those lines or invite that conversation of motives and also address that 
you know, and make sure you, you address that it's okay, whatever the motive is, I just want to know so that I can understand. And then I can know how you're, you're interacting because of, of course, over time, you're going to find more security and you're also going to understand a little bit more and how they operate and what needs that they're trying to get met by, you know, giving to you. I think the same thing goes for how we give love and how it correlates with receiving is a lot of the times we do give to possibly get something else in return. And the more that we're honest with ourselves about that, the more that we can have a more expansive and open partnership or friendship, family dynamic, whatever it is. And because, again, we're all human and we do experience both ends of this spectrum and it's okay. But it's really, at the end of the day, always about how we're seeking to break down those barriers and to accept more love and to receive more love and further that understanding of what love means to us and what it can truly look like and how we want to receive. Do we want to receive openly and do we want to receive more fluidly and accepting? Yes, of course. I don't think, I don't know, who wouldn't? I mean, at the same time, there's going to be that probable fear of but if I do allow that then what will happen and it's so powerful to allow yourself to work through that within yourself and also with other people so I invite you to to do that and to allow yourself more opportunities to seize love and to relinquish in those moments and also give yourself space to really feel those moments like when you do consciously invite more love in and when you talk about those things and and maybe negate even in some ways the way that you have programmed or have been programmed to receive love for example if somebody bakes you a pie and they want to give it to you your immediate reaction may be to say you know I don't I feel really bad like I don't I don't want this because I feel like if I do take it I'm going to be a burden somehow and witnessing that and saying and asking for the motives and asking for that clear clear communication and then sitting in that communication and sitting in that love that you're now open to receiving from understanding why the situation is happening, what type of love they're trying to give you and you're opening up way more space to receive and then you can sit for a moment and breathe and, and really take in what they're trying to give to you. So in that moment, you can take a couple of deep breaths and imagine like the pie entering into your force field of, of love and light and energy and allowing all of that love that intentionalized between that person into you and how that develops. And of course, this isn't always going to be accessible to have conversations about. I'm sure with parents, it can be challenging too. But to allow yourself, even with with, I think, especially family, to observe the ways that they interact and how they aren't allowing themselves to receive love or to understand what their motives are or ask if you can and to to also be more patient with yourself and more loving to yourself in those moments when you don't feel like that love is maybe given freely or with it with condition and remind yourself how deserving you are of unconditional love and how just because that may be an experience doesn't mean that you need to to fall deep within it and yeah there's so much more that I can say also another thing to note is that there are different ways of um all those different fears things are different between each um, attachment style and so 
you know, whatever you find yourself within does have a lot to do with the ways that you were attached and were brought up to attach to your primary figures, beating parents or guardians, things like that. So wherever you turn, remember the ways in which you felt and how your inner child felt and how you received love and how you were given love. Was it abundant? Was it conditional? Was it, you know, very, very scarce? Was it hard to get access to you? Do you know what love feels like? And also within that acknowledgement, allow yourself more opportunities to see love in your daily life. Somebody gives you a hug, allow that to permeate as an expression of love. If somebody, you know, extends a helping hand, as view that as love and allow yourself more opportunities to seize it and experience it, to continue to work through it. And there's, again, there's so many things I can say in regards to this. And I just invite you to, to really, to look deeper and to understand yourself and give yourself that, that awareness and that opportunity to seize the moment for communication and to take more in and to give more at the end of the day. And either way, you are valid in your experience and there's nothing wrong with being exactly where you are right now. And I appreciate you for showing up for yourself today. Namaste.